This is Saturday, June 10th. What gives you joy? Years ago, Sandy and I would spend a week each summer on Long Beach Island in New Jersey at a Christian retreat center called Harvey Cedars. It's a beautiful location for a camp, allowing for all sorts of water activities from swimming to sailing. Each day, there was also a worship time and Bible teaching time. The meals were in a large room served family style, and the whole experience was refreshing and fun for us. One year, we had as a teacher for the week um, that w- the week we were there, an older pastor that we knew was dying. I'm not sure how many days he had left, but he had long been in a cancer battle and was soon to reach the end. Now, you might think that there would be, this would be a downer, knowing that your teacher's days are numbered. But it was anything but that because of the joy found in him. You would not have known his condition, not because he wanted to hide it from us, but because joy has a way of overtaking everything else in our lives. But that's not all. There is joy for us, too. We can live in God's joy. Here's our scripture reading for today. Philippians chapter 2, verse 18 to 21. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will find will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, for me, to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Now I shared this story of the conference teacher to prepare us to hear Paul share his heart. This little letter to the church in Philippi is brimming with joy. Not even once in the letter does Paul use the word sin. But over and over again, he calls the church to joy and to to join him in rejoicing. Rejoice, I will say it again, rejoice. Now yesterday, we looked at the sacrifices that come with living a life of service. We're told that Jesus emptied himself, and this is true. We are expended when we serve and follow the example of Jesus. But that's not all. There's also joy. You see, today we look at the other side of the coin of service. We may be surprised, but the other side of the coin is joy. Why is that? Well, first, though Paul thinks his death may be imminent, he has learned that Jesus triumphed through the cross. What was considered the worst death imaginable opened the way for grace to flow to us. Yes, where there is difficulty and hardship, God is working there too. This is great encouragement in our lives. We can become weighed down in our circumstances and forget that God sovereignly works for our good and his glory in the midst of the mess. This really is the message of the gospel, that right there at the cross, God was reconciling the world to himself. This means that our suffering is not wasted. Listen to Paul explaining elsewhere this truth. It's actually in the letter to the Romans, chapter 5, verse 3 to 5. 
Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now here's a similar teaching from the book of James, chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now you might ask, why do we hear this truth so consistently from the apostles of Jesus? They've experienced the joy of knowing God is working themselves, especially when difficulties seem to grow. Now, as I reflect upon the time Jesus had with the disciples in the upper room at the Passover, it must have been filled with joy. Yes, there will be a deep sorrow in the garden as Jesus is praying, but here Jesus knows that his mission is coming to fulfillment and that God will be glorified as he is exalted and lifted up on the cross. He says that to them this evening. Do you know that joy was the motivation for Jesus going to the cross? The book of Hebrews explains it like this. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's chapter 12, verse 2. Jesus didn't grit his teeth and bear it. He knew what was coming. He knew that when his mission was completed, he'd be with the Father. He knew that his death would issue forth a new era of life and light. Now, of course, we don't rejoice because we are suffering, but because we know that God is working to instill character in us here and now, and that for the future, there is a planned reunion, a life with God forever. This is how Paul can say, if I die, I'm going to gain. And if I live, there will be more that can be done to serve God. We hear nothing but joy. I have learned that the difficulty of serving can produce one of two things. It can produce discouragement because it can be painful and hard. And we can become complainers or withdraw from our calling. Or we can learn the joy that comes from keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, forgive us for complaining. Teach us the way of joy that Jesus lived. Let us serve and live with joy always set before us. In the name of Jesus, amen.